Blessed are you, Lord. You are King of kings. You are Lords of lords. There is so much beauty and grace about you. You are filled with love. You are filled with compassion. You're benevolent. You're gracious. You're merciful. Your love persists. And you're a just God. Brothers and sisters, friends, just want to welcome you once more on Pursued by the Heart of God as we continue our segment on forgiveness. And we have talked about forgiveness over the last um, three weeks or so. We looked at forgiveness in a bunch of different ways using different case scenarios. We looked at forgiveness when it comes to forgiving others. We look at forgiveness when it comes to forgiving ourselves. We look at forgiveness when it comes to forgiving God. And one of the things that we always want to keep in mind when we talk about forgiveness, and I'm going to define again what is forgiveness. Forgiveness is a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance towards a person, group, who has harmed you, regardless of whether they actually deserve your forgiveness. Now, also keep in mind that forgiveness does not mean forgetting. Neither does it mean condoning or excusing the harm or the offense that was done to you. Forgiveness is an act of choice that can help you to let go. Now, what is it that you want to let go of? You want to let go of bitterness. You want to let go of anger. You don't let go of rage, remorse, resentment, self-hatred, condemnation, self-condemnation. You want to let go of rejection. You want to let go of guilt and shame. All of these things come upon us when we are experiencing harm or an offense that has been done to us by others, that has been done to us even sometimes by ourselves, sometimes we do things and we feel we cannot forgive ourselves for making a bad decision or a poor choice that has led to some of the harm and some of the offenses that has taken place in our lives. So there are times when we within ourselves hold ourselves hostage and feel like we, not, we cannot forgive ourselves. God is love. And as we look at pursued by the heart of God, we're looking at God's persistent love. We're looking at God's benevolent love. We're looking at God's love that he shows through grace. We look at God's love as he shows through mercy. We look at God's love as he shows through his justice. We look at God's love as he, throws, as he shows through persistence. God is love. The love of God can be relied on. And as you think about forgiveness, and you would ask yourself, well, why should I forgive? You should forgive because whoever lives in love lives in God, and God is in him. So forgiveness is going to bring love in a strong way back into your life. It's going to bring you to a place where you're experiencing an intimacy between you and God. So we have looked at um, three cases. We looked at a case of 
unforgiveness that occurred with a 17-year-old. And we're going to give her a name today. We're going to call her Jane. That's not her real name, but we're going to call her Jane. And Jane was 17 years old. She's now in her early 50s. And she had experienced unforgiveness towards her dad, who um, approved of her or forced her to get an abortion, and which turned out to be twins that she had she was pregnant with. It was a partial birth ab um, abortion, and it was very devastating to her. It was twins. And she blamed her father, and she was very angry with him. And she had been a Christian for a long time, but the anger and the remorse that she felt towards her dad, even now she still hasn't gotten to the place where she has actually talked to him about the situation. She has prayed about it and asked the Lord to forgive her, but she still hasn't gotten to that place where she's actually having a talk with her father about what happened all those years ago. She had self-blame. She blamed herself for her mom's death, who died about a year or so later after she aborted the children. So there is a, a sense there of self-blame, of self-unforgiveness, of feeling um, worthless. Then we looked at um, our second case with our live interview where uh, we're going to call her Susan. And Susan was experiencing unforgiveness because she was married and her husband at the time cheated on her. She's now divorced, but she had this really difficult time after she got converted to forgive her husband, who she's now divorced. And then even after she got divorced, she felt this rage towards him, especially afterwards she found out that he had um, a child for someone else. And so all of these things caused her to struggle tremendously with unforgiveness back and forth. At that point, she had gotten to the place where she felt like um, she was less of a, of a person. She felt um, degrading, like she felt inadequate. Like one of the things she says was, was why I feel she felt like she wasn't good enough, like something was wrong with her. She felt foolish. And she experienced rage, you know, wanting to, to hurt him for what he has done to her and the hurt that he has caused her. So for, for Susan, we had this unforgiveness of self. And then we have case number three, the one um, with the, our young lady. We're going to call her Jessie. And she was in the hospital for five weeks, and she was extremely ill. And she was angry towards God with the COVID um, virus um, causing so many restrictions. And when you're in the hospital, you cannot get any visitation. So she experienced... Um, really ang angry. She was really angry towards God because she had prayed and she had cried and she had pleaded and bargained with God and asked for help and she just felt so alone and isolated and she became angry with God. And she spoke about it and she said that for two days she didn't speak to anybody. And on the second day, like two something in the morning, she had a, a, an emergency situation and the, 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 the nurses and every, all the, the unit, the, um, the emergency people came to help her because she was experiencing congestive heart failure. And at that point, she, um, she felt, she said she heard the voice of God. And he says, I am with you. And at that point, she began to, to feel um, a release. And she began to ask the Lord to forgive her for the anger that she felt towards him.
So all of these three um, persons had experienced unforgiveness in different ways. And so many times, every single day, we can come across something that will happen in our lives that will cause us to feel and experience unforgiveness. Now, why is it, what is it about God that we should obey him? Why should we obey him? Why should we want to forgive? Why should we even attempt to, to reconcile ourselves to a place where we're experiencing God's love? Because the scripture says, whoever lives in love lives in God, and God lives in him. You know, God's love is his eternal giving and sharing of himself. So when you think about the love of God, it will want to draw you into, be willing to forgive. Because one of the things about forgiveness is that it is a choice. It is an act of choice. And you have to make up your mind to let something go. But if you are in love with God, you'll be willing to let it go. Now, why should you love God? There are some of his, his, his personality and his character. One of his God's character is benevolence. Benevolence is God's concern for the welfare of those whom he loves. These are those whom he loves. Remember John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe on him will not perish but have everlasting life. So those whom he loves does not consist of just the persons in the body of Christ. It consists of the whole world. It consists of every human being. So whether you're saved or unsaved, the love of God is available to you. So when you think about God being benevolent, it's him being concerned of the welfare of every person on the planet. Every person on the planet. It's an unselfish seeking out for our ultimate welfare. It's an unselfish interest in us for our sakes. In Romans 5 and 8 says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So it's an unselfish interest in us for our sake because we understand some things that Christ died for us over 2,000 years ago. And that's an unselfish act but it's an interest for our sake. Then we look at God's grace. And God's grace supplies us with undeserved favor. In Exodus 34 and 6, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. So we look at the grace of God it's God's supply. It's that God supplies us with undeserved favor. Undeserved favor. Gracious God. Compassionate God. Slow to anger. Abounding in love and faithfulness. So that's what the grace of God is. The mercy of God is another one of his character that displays his love for us. And mercy is... He's tender-hearted. He is tender-hearted, loving, compassionate for his people. His tenderness of heart towards the needy. In Hebrews 4, verse 16, it says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, 
so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. We could come boldly so that we receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. In 2 Samuel 24 and 14, David says to God, I am in deep distress. Let us fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is great. But do not let, us, let me fall into the human hands. So, we talk, so here, and, and I love this with, with 2 Samuel 24 and 14 when David says, I am in deep distress. Let us fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is great. For his mercy is great. But do not let us fall into, the, into, the, into human hands. Because human hands are merciless. Merciless. Human hands are merciless. But God's hand is great. His mercy is great. Another character of God's love, when we talk about unforgiveness, is persistent. Now, how many of us want to, to have a love that is persistent? And, the God, and our God's love is persistent. So the, one of, why do we want to forgive and why do we want to stay in this loving relationship with God? It's because there is this God that loves us and his love is persistent. God withholding judgment and continue to offer salvation and grace over long periods of time. That's the persistence of God. It is God withholding judgment and continuing to offer salvation and grace over long periods of time. Seen with it, you could see this persistent with the children of Israel. In their great persistence, they rebelled against God greatly. So when you think about God's love and the persistence of his love, it is demonstrated when we look over the lives of the children of Israel and their continuous rebellion against God, but his love persists. In 2 Peter 3 verse 9, he says, He does not wish anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So God's persistent love does not wish anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Another character, another attribute of God is that, this, that is demonstrated in love is the God of justice. Now, the God of justice means that love must always be shown. Love must always be shown. There will be a concern for the ultimate welfare of all humanity, a passion to do what is right, and enforcement of appropriate consequence for wrong action. This is the justice of God. So sometimes when you're experiencing unforgiveness, and sometimes it is something that is done to you that is so horrible, abuse, rape, um, assault, all, different, all of these things that are done, these, these horrible offenses, and then you want justice. And so when we think about the justice of God, and he'll now come in, and he will always demonstrate his love through justice. And you don't have to see that person get um, what, is, what you think is coming to them because of what they've done to you. But because God loves you so much, 
he will be able to, to, to bring you into himself in a way that you will feel justified. You don't have to see yourself getting justified, but he will give you the loving experience where you could feel justified. So as we continue on our journey and we think about forgiveness, we think about how to manage so that we're able to forgive others. We look at Jane and we look at Susan and we looked at Jesse and how they struggled with unforgiveness, struggled with unforgiveness when it comes to others, forgiving a father that sits around and, and, and watches and, and, and does not even speak to you after you have aborted two children that he approved of you to do, then he doesn't talk to you for years. That's what Jane experienced, being dis distanced from her father because of something that she did that he approved of for her to do. Then he doesn't speak to her at all. And we, think, we look at Susan. She got married, invested her time and her resources into her husband, and then he cheats on her. And then he leaves her, and then he goes off, and then he impregnates someone else, and then she's seeing the baby picture on Facebook, and there's this big thing going on, and this celebration going on, and family members, uh, our in-laws are sending pictures, and now she's angry. And we look at Jessie, she's in the hospital, diagnosed with terrible illnesses and experiencing such, such turmoil and she cannot see her husband, she cannot see her children. She, she, she's not, she feels isolated and alone and she's in pain and agony and she's crying out to God and she's not getting any answer and she feels like God has forsaken her. And all of these people, these, these ladies, these, 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 body, these members in the body of Christ, they experience unforgiveness. But they all made a conscious decision to forgive. And because they make that conscious decision to forgive, they will experience the love of God. They will be in love with God and God with them. And they'll experience his eternal giving and sharing of himself. So we want, I want to thank you today for joining us once more on Pursued by the Heart of God as we look at unforgiveness and how to forgive. And remember, forgiveness is a conscious, deliberate decision. And it's a choice. And you could choose to forgive. You could choose to let, let go of the bitterness, let go of the anger and the rage and the remorse. You could choose to let go of the resentment. You could choose to let go of the hatred. And you could choose to let go of condemning yourself and feeling worthless and guilt and shame. You could choose those things to do, to forgive, so that those emotions will not take over and you don't experience the love of God that he has for you. God's love is strong. God's love is powerful. God's love is benevolent. God's love is gracious. God's love is merciful. God's love is persistent. God's love is, is justice. And God is concerned about your welfare because he loves you. God is concerned and he, he has undeserved favors for you, not that you deserve it, in his grace, in his compassion. And he's slow to anger and he's faithful.
God is merciful. He's tenderhearted. He loves each and every person on the planet. And the tenderness of it, he's tenderhearted to every person that is in need. So let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so we may receive mercy and find grace in our time of need. So I'm going to pray with you. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. I thank you for giving each person, oh God, in the reach of my voice, the ability to forgive. Because they cannot forgive, oh God, unless you give them the ability to forgive. So, Father, I ask you right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you will forgive, oh God. You will give them the ability to forgive as you have forgiven them. Father, there are some that have experienced severe pain, severe loss. There are some that have experienced um, death. They have experienced divorce. They have experienced sickness. They have experienced loss, oh God. They've experienced self-hatred. They've experienced rape and, and all kind of abuse, sovereign God. There are some that have been spoken against. There are some that's been abused by, by in the church. There are some, oh God, that has been abused by family members. And there's so many things, oh God, that takes us captive where we are trapped in the in the sphere of in the sphere of unforgiveness. But Father, even through your own power and love, as we have talked about the love of God. That love that is, is, is eternal, that, that love that is giving, and that love that is sharing, that love that is benevolent, that love that is unselfish, that love that doesn't seek out its own welfare, that love that is got interest in, that is in our interest. Father, we ask you that that love that we have spoken about will be manifested tangibly in the lives of every person in the reach of my voice, Father. That your power and your anointing will heal, restore, oh God. That you will strengthen. That you will give any person that is struggling and is, is having a hard time releasing anybody, oh God, to forgive them. That you will give them the power to release the person and persons, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, I ask you that your divine love will be manifested in a tangible way. You are the, uh, the, you are the one that loves each person in the reach of my voice with an unconditional love. So let your grace, mercy, persistence, your justice, your benevolence be our portion as we, as we seek your face, as we hearken unto you, as we humble our hearts, O oh God, and seek your face. Because we believe, O oh God. That you will establish us this year. We believe, oh God, that we will have unparalleled success. We believe, oh God, that you have destroyed the kingdom of darkness and you have brought us into your marvelous light. We believe, oh God, that we are heirs and joint heirs with Jesus. We believe, oh God, that we are citizens of the commonwealth of heaven. Therefore, we have an inheritance. We are your treasured. We are your special possession. We are your peculiar people. We are your holy nation. We are your royal priesthood. We are yours, oh God. So as according to your own love and desire to, 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 to show us and demonstrate and to be with us, let us, oh God, reflect you by giving up the vile things that is in us. Give up the anger. Give up the rage. Give up the remorse. Give up the bitterness. Give up the resentment. 
Give up the rejection, the guilt, and the shame, and the malice, and the hatred, and the self-condemnation. Your word said that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So Father, help us to give up everything that is holding us hostage so that we could experience your love. Because whoever lives in love lives in you and you in them. So Father, I thank you right now and I bless, exalt, and honor you. To you I ascribe all glory, dominion, majesty, and power. Father, I pray over the minds of every person that you'll destroy the kingdom of darkness, that they'll be able to take their thoughts captive and force them to submit to the Lord Jesus Christ because forgiveness, oh God, is a choice. So Father, let each person that is struggling with unforgiveness choose today, today, oh God, to release and if they're the ones, oh God, that has offended someone, Father, I pray that they'll release themselves and they'll also go, oh God, and ask to be forgiven. Father, I thank you right now and I bless you. To you I ascribe all dominion, glory, majesty, and power. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he lift his glorious countenance upon you and grant you peace. Um, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you for listening once more on Pursuit by the Heart of God. May God bless you as we continue. We will we'll talk next time. God bless you. <laughs>